evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence, with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 10% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. Now, also, uh, Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away approximately four to five months ago. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system, where he can't speak or understand the language. He will also be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul New York State at 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. I have a return guest on. I am happy to have Tim Goldich back on. He's an author. The last time he was on, we discussed how accountability and compassion must go hand in hand. And today we have another new topic we're going to discuss, which is the witch hunts. I welcome you back. Tim, how are you on this day, Sunday? Oh, well, I'm very good, uh, Marianne, and kind of nervous to be bringing up this uh, particular topic. It's an emotionally volatile subject matter, and many will be very invested in a particular way of, uh, of framing the witch hunts. And uh, I'm going to do a polemic. I'm going to demonstrate a, an entirely different perspective on on witch hunts. Okay. Yeah, that witch hunts have always, uh, I don't know, very, very frightening. You know, when we learned about them in school. Of course, horrifying. Yeah. But however, even more so when we find ourselves in a courtroom with false <laughs> allegations, which is basically yeah. a witch hunt. But yeah. Well, uh, that's right. So. So, uh, so the your standard academic uh, feminist uh, download of what uh, witchcraft is all about is, is that this witch hunting was basically uh, woman hunting. Mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, misogyny. It was uh, emblematic of of misogyny throughout history, of targeting women for uh, for victimization, brutality. Uh, it's um, it's framed as emblematic of uh, the patriarchy and uh, male dominance and male ruthlessness in maintaining their their dominant control uh, over the world and over over women. And um, so, <laughs> um. I guess before I begin, I just want to say a little something about how poisonous that that is. 
so if, if it's if it's true then that's just how it is and we have to accept it mm-hmm. but what if it's not what if it's what if it's extremely one-sided what mm-hmm. if it's ill understood and ill presented mm-hmm. you know this idea this this man bad the overempowered oppressor woman good the innocent victim it's a it's a moral polarity mm-hmm. and it's poisonous all around it, it targets men but see at the same time that it sort of demonizes men it infantilizes women treats mm-hmm. women as if as if women were just innocent victims and uh, actually you know of course i believe as a gender equalist that a uh, woman is and has always been an equal partner in the in the human system playing an equal overall force of influence and equally responsible for outcomes mm-hmm. so we're going to take a whole other look at witch hunting and witchcraft very different from what you would be taught in school and i'm going to take a look at uh, six perspectives six essential aspects of witch hunting that um, are left out of the standard analysis mm-hmm. and i'll begin with focus so uh there's uh one one of the many facts that gets generally left out uh, is, is that about 20 to 25 percent of uh, all the, the witches that were uh, tried executed were uh, and tortured were uh, male uh, often called uh, warlocks mm-hmm. and there were some areas like estonia and uh, normandy and uh, iceland that were um, for whatever reason in a particular culture uh, the vast majority of uh, those who were accused tried and executed for witchcraft just happened to be male mm-hmm. so this a little bit of a shift in focus uh begins to erode our confidence that this uh that witchcraft was uh, hunted and persecuted uh uh just was just a veiled targeting of women mm-hmm. um <clears throat> all right so the, the number two is is perspective so let's take a look at the, this let's let's imagine an umbrella category that we'll call social dissidents mm-hmm. and uh on the one hand over here uh we'll call this this heretics mm-hmm. these will be heretics over there okay and those are people with some kind of uh dangerous ideas with regard to uh, art or even science or religion you know uh, and and over here we'll call these uh, enemies of the state. And, mm-hmm. uh, those those are people that uh, would have some kind of dangerous ideas with regard to politics or military or you know something like mm-hmm. that. All right. Now in the category of heretics, I'm going to split that up into. Uh, oh, let's see. We can call those. Um, there was bigamy, there was usury, usury that was uh, borrowing or lending money. Mm-hmm. There was apostasy that was uh, renouncing one's religious faith. Um, there was um, sacrilege, there was blasphemy, there was infidelism. All right, so there's a, a bunch of different categories, and witchcraft was just one of them. 
So all the other categories largely targeted men. Mm -hmm. Witchcraft is so infamous because it's the only one that largely targeted women. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a a historian named Martin Crevelu claims that uh, throughout the early modern Europe, uh, only about uh, 10% of those executed were women. Uh, This need not be shocking. Uh, This has certainly been true in in modern history. Uh, Much less than 10% of of those who have been executed have been women. Um, All right, so then Another thing is scale. Jesus, if you if you read your feminist textbooks, uh, it's not uncommon to read that uh, some nine million women were executed as witches. Well, but um, according to non-feminist sources, um, we're talking about from uh, fourteen fifty to seventeen fifty. Here, that's roughly the era of of early modern Europe. Uh, One source gives an estimate of 110,000 people were tried for witchcraft in in, uh, Europe and America, of whom uh, 60,000 were executed. Um, There's really no way of knowing, of course. This all happened like 500 years ago. Mm -hmm. And you're relying on whatever archives down in the moldy basements of, you know, churches and so on and um you know so the the estimate is is pretty rough but when you're hearing that it's like uh nine million that's completely out of hand yeah it seems kind of out of whack there yeah there's just no doubt there's no doubt uh, that's uh especially when you consider the the populations of the period mm-hmm you know, it's not like as if as if the human population were in the billions back then. Right. <laughs> um, all right. And then there's a what I'll call ideological slant. So the assumption that the feminist establishment makes is that it's a, that the witch hunting was all about um, targeting women. It was all about. Uh, punishing women or, you know, keeping women crushed under. Mm-hmm. A terrible indictment, you know, by the way. I mean, these, these this indictments of, of men and masculinity are horrific. Mm-hmm. So one thing to understand about it is that witch hunting was not just some excuse to persecute women. Witches weren't just believed to exist. They were known to exist, okay? It's just exactly as we know terrorists to exist, Mm -hmm. right? Few of us have ever actually met a terrorist, but we have it on good authority that that they exist and that they're very dangerous and that we must use any methods necessary to um, apprehend them and to get the information out of them and get them to confess. And... um, uh, reveal other terrorists right mm-hmm. well it was the same back then you know this was an era of like the black plagues where a third of the population could die agonizingly 
Mm-hmm. And they had no clue what was causing this sort of thing to happen. Crop failures, um, uh, uh, stillbirths, you know, uh-huh. yeah. uh, um, diseases that went through the uh, cattle or something. They just had no idea what was causing this. And, and the fact of the matter is that women more often... Uh, practiced black magic mm-hmm. um it was it was it was a, a peasant form of magic and uh, many believed that it was was real and and you see the thing is this this practice of witchcraft was illegal and was punishable mm-hmm. by death that's that's just the reality of that time period mm-hmm. um uh more uh uh, cultural relativism it's like the number five um it's hard for us to imagine but but torture was normative in that time period mm-hmm. life was a just horrifically difficult painful arduous uh, task just to try and stay alive and uh, for legal punishments to have any real uh, effectiveness, they had to be just diabolical. Um, you know, when when the uh, stealing a loaf of bread was the only way to feed your family and keep your family alive, you know, mm-hmm. what do you get? The the legal punishments against it had to be uh, terrible, mm-hmm. and they were and. I mean, it's very strange. I mean, you you go back in a in time. You're you're in a different world. There were all these these men who would go parading through, and they'd be flagellating themselves. You know, yeah. You know, uh, just um, the, the the neurosis. You know, we're 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 not allowed to judge anything anymore. You know, everything's mm-hmm. like you know, it's all good, and we're not supposed to judge anything, but. But you know, you had these cardinals that be wearing hair suits that would be be torturing themselves with. You know, it was, it was a crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and the rationalizations, you know, humans can just rationalize anything. So there was this this idea that if you if you tortured someone hideously enough, uh, you you more guaranteed they got into heaven. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, you, know, you can't ima- you can't imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. But but that's that was the thinking and. The number six piece that's uh, missing is that uh, many, probably the, the best evidence suggests that most of the accusers were, were female and that these were grudges between women. Uh, there's reason to believe that sexually promiscuous women were being accused by other women. Um, so arguably, this was the the patriarchy was just like like a a weapon that one woman might use to attack another, mm-hmm. accuse them of something, and then let the patriarchy do the dirty work. You see, mm-hmm. um, now why why go there? Why why do this this whole thing? You know why? Well, because if we are ever 
going to take a healthier path with this whole gender politics. We have to be more fair. We have to be more balanced. Um, women basically suffered all things along the respect axis. One of the reasons that women were more often accused of witchcraft was the assumption that women were weak. It was the assumption that women were weak and therefore the devil, the tempter, could get to them easier. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the real misogyny is and has always been condescension. It's really always been about um, maintaining women as sort of women and children. Mm -hmm. And much of that is a, a withhold of accountability. See, we can't know for certain because the the information is spotty, you know, the, even even obsessives that, that uh, study these things and, and do deep research. You know, there's only so much to go on. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible that this was an in-house thing. Mm -hmm. Women were accusing other women that this was a, a hostility of women toward other women and that women were accountable for it. And if that's true, well, so what? Mm -hmm. You know, geez, look at what men have done with hostility toward other men, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's hardly right. as if, I, I'm not claiming that men have the moral high ground by any means. Mm -hmm. You know, Vlad the Impaler is out there, you know. <laughs> right. In the vast fields of impaled men, it was just, you know, hardly claiming that, that men are, men have the moral high ground. I'm just saying that men, woman and man aren't have always been equal partners. So, so yes, women have been less respected, but women have been more loved. And, and men have been more respected, but men have been less loved. And and that's got a lot to do with it. Why about 90% of those who were executed were, were male. And that doesn't even take into account mm -hmm. battlefields and stuff. We haven't even looked at uh, the, um, the enemies of the state, mm -hmm. all the men throughout history who were in prison just because they belonged to one faction uh, that either succeeded or failed to take over uh, another faction you know mm -hmm. um uh, the french revolution um it's possible that as many men died in the 15 months of the uh, french revolution as as women who died uh, in 300 years of witch hunting uh, the the men were not accused of uh, witchcraft instead they were they were accused of being libertines they were accused of being anarchists you know just labels just about as meaningless to us now as you know mm -hmm. witches and um so you know when it comes to brutality the the, the total brutality upon the person of man always has always exceeded and by a wide margin the total brutality inflicted upon the uh the person of woman this is because uh 
in part because women, men, and less loved, elicit less empathy. Now we can, of course, redirect our focus on on women less respected, and we can do a uh, that. But of course, feminism has that well covered, you know. And I, I can, I can go in, in vast detail about uh, uh, women being less respected. I'm a a gender obsessive, and I. I know uh, that side of it uh, very, very well, uh, and it's it's the uh, the enormous consequences, vast repercussions suffered by women for being less respected. Uh, I believe it has been matched in full by the enormous consequences, vast repercussions suffered by men for being less loved. And um, what's important about all this is that. From that kind of gender equalist outlook, it becomes at least possible, conceivable at least, for a woman and man to call it even. You see, in my judgment, everything really constructive, everything really um, compassionate, everything to do with real fairness or forgiveness, begins with woman and man calling it even and then you can go and look at every gender issue mm -hmm. but but now you do so under the assumption that uh, uh, every gender issue is is co-created and uh, a matter of shared responsibility between the masculine and the feminine and and you see then you you also remove women from the 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 category of, of humans uh, uh, known as innocent women and children, you see. <laughs> and, and and also becomes possible to completely reframe women's contribution throughout history. And not just property and chattel, but rather as what's, what's true, what's true is that the feminine has always applied this equal overall force of influence. It's, it's in, in everything. And, um, you know, Camille Paglia, one of her wonderful, wonderfully outrageous statements, <laughs> she was she was great at that, you know. She would come up with these wonderful statements that uh, everyone then had to quote at the dinner party, you know, it was just irresistible. And one of hers was, uh, if there had never been men, we'd still be living in grass huts. And I think that's true, but I think it's equally true that if there had never been women, we'd I'll be living in grass huts because because everything was accomplished as a matter of male female tension uh mm -hmm. male and female inspiring each other challenging each other demanding of each other uh, that's what built this world mm -hmm. uh, right. yeah uh, and you could see it even on these home improvement shows uh, with with the husband and wife that are taking a house that's you know crappy and their ideas and they're bouncing ideas off of each other and yeah. rebuilding it. Yeah. For better. <laughs> yeah, I know. Incredible as it may seem for anyone who's immersed in academia, actually, women and man have enormous amount to be grateful to each other for. Mm -hmm. you know, that'll blow minds out there. I mean, yeah. yeah. We can look at the ways in which men have oppressed 
women and women have manipulated men and all these these negative outlooks and okay there's there's truth to all that but let's not forget that there's reason for uh, the sexes to be very very grateful to each other we would not have the world we have today without that male female uh i don't know what you call it i mean it's just it's this it's this thing between the, the masculine and feminine that um, has, you know, created our world. Mm -hmm. it, it has uh, inspired our world. It has, um, you know, each sex endeavoring to compensate, you see, mm -hmm. a man compensating for all that he lacks along the love axis women compensate for all they lack along the respect axis each sex sort of digging deep into their uh what their bailiwick as it were and men obsessed with accumulating respectable qualities and women obsessed with accumulating lovable qualities and and together this has evolved our, our whole human system mm -hmm. things like uh the geneva convention uh it was the evolution of human parenting spearheaded by women that has been the evolution of of human uh, empathy uh, of of human um social skills emotional intelligence um you know it's it, women are ultimately responsible for the creation of uh, human rights we just wouldn't have them without without a sufficient level of empathy such things just mm -hmm. never happen in the ancient world because it just things are not evolved that to that level yet right And there was uh, something that I saw on TV about these witch hunts, and this was this had happened over in England. And apparently, I'm not um, changing the subject, but this nine-year-old accused her whole family of witchcraft, yeah. which was probably could have been brought on by a neighbor or maybe one of their relatives to get wow. even with somebody for something. Yeah. <laughs> So, so they probably used this kid to tell these lies, yeah, and and get them all gone. So they kept really good records. Apparently, this area of England kept really good records of names of people who were executed for witchcraft. So they said, um, you know, they dug in the records and looked through all these books. And twenty two years later, they found that this this little girl that had grown up was now being um, convicted of witchcraft and she was burned at the stake as well. Oh, that's creepy. That isn't it. Isn't it? So car, the karma bus came around, but yeah, <laughs> we're a little late, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, there's great power in the uh, innocence of children. The, the whole witch craze in Massachusetts, 
mm-hmm. was driven by uh, four girls and a one adult woman. Mm-hmm. But it, it started with a, a girl who was probably uh, just epileptic mm-hmm. and um, blaming some neighbor or something for putting in a hex on her. Yeah, it was... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see there's this enormous instinct to protect, especially these young women. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure they were astonished at their power. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they grew up under the assumption, well, I'm just a girl. I have no power. What power could I have? And suddenly they, they must have just been drunk on this power because... Wow, they're they're able to control the whole adult world. They're, they're making these accusations and they writhe around. Only mm-hmm. the one was actually epileptic. The others were were just faking it. Mm-hmm. And and they were getting the whole adult world and they were able to point the finger at so, somebody and accuse them. And uh they yeah execute i mean and, the, and they must have just thought my my god we we have we have absolute power in this situation and uh mm-hmm. must have had no comprehension that that they could wield power like that even that is creepy yeah i mean they just as as you said just pointed fingers and people were just being thrown into prisons and then waiting to be either hung yeah. or, or tortured uh, for a confession or yeah. Right. Right. And the one guy had a bunch of stones piled up on him to crush, crush him. Crush to death. That's right. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's, it's like they were targeting. Everybody was getting, was getting ne- for this. That's right. That's right. Um, the girl started out with the relatively powerless but as they got more drunk with power, they just started upping the ante and uh, directing their accusations at more powerful people. Um, and uh, yeah, that guy was just a, a cantankerous old guy and just refused to uh, confess. Yeah. So they just kept dumping stones after they crushed him to death. And. Um, there were a number of uh, heroes and villains on both both sides, both both men and women. Uh, there was a, there was an exquisite letter from the prison that one woman wrote that, that really was very incredibly moving and and went a long way toward putting an end to the the whole thing. And uh, there was a man who just before execution calmly stood there and recited uh, the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, 23rd Psalm. And uh, that shook people up because he shouldn't have been able to do that if he was possessed by the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there were, there were villains and there were heroes in the whole thing on both sides. There were the the men who were uh, complicitous because once a judge had condemned someone to death for witchcraft, 
it now became essential to maintain the fiction because otherwise it's clear that the man was not executed, he was murdered. Mm -hmm. And so it just shows how the corruption then, you know, feeds on itself. It did, because it just, I'm trying to think of how many years that all went on in Massachusetts. It escapes yeah, me now, but. It wasn't all that long. I think it was uh -uh. like 20, 20 odd years, maybe less than that. Um, probably less than that. I don't know. I don't remember. A scary time to live. I mean, because all of this started over, you know, in Europe. And um, wasn't it? I can't think of the guy's name. I used to watch all these shows on the Salem, you know, all this stuff. And he, over in England, he told, I don't know if it was a, a bishop, that he would be the one to go and pick out people that were um, participating in witchcraft. Uh -huh. And he got out of hand with everybody. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> he got drunk with power, just mm -hmm. like a Joseph St a Joseph uh, um... Mengele. Um, uh -uh. Well, yeah, but I'm trying to think of uh, um, McCarthy, Joseph McCarthy. Oh. Okay. You know, yeah. Um, nobody should have that kind of power. It just corrupts people. Mm -hmm. it's, it becomes overwhelming the temptation to play God mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah I don't know it just it just uh, has evolved throughout the years into you know um, I would say CPS but <laughs> power mad power hungry running wild destroying lives yeah, sadly, <laughs> so many movements, they start out with the best intentions, but then mm -hmm. people get, their money gets involved, and temptation gets involved, and power starts corrupting, and yeah, it's um, it's very difficult to maintain the integrity of a movement. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you say that patriarchy has hurt everybody, men and women? Yeah, I would say that um, I would say that patriarchy is more victimized men. It has attempted to protect women, insulate women. Um, of course, you can reframe that as oppression, though. Mm -hmm. But I think the intention around patriarchy has been to uh, send men off to war, send men off to hard hazardous labor, send men off to prison. Um, it's been uh, at its harshest uh, accountability sans compassion with, with the men and toward women, it's been compassion sans accountability, which has been an, an infantilizing effect. It's been, um, it's been absolving women of responsibility, but to such an extent that, yeah, the women, uh, you know, couldn't even own a credit card back, mm -hmm. in, the, oh, back in the day. Um, well, you wouldn't, you, you weren't, you didn't want to burden women with the responsibility of a credit card. She, so she didn't wield her credit card. She wielded his credit card instead. Yeah. You know? 
And um, so he got the accountability and she she got patted on the head. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know which, which is better, which is worse. I mean, I don't know. The, the, I, I'm willing to call it even myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, well, as you were brought up, credit cards, everyone has their own credit card and they're all running it up, right? <laughs> Most, yeah. So yeah. it's it's um it's both sexes, you know, um just kind of doing what they want to do. And some of them are just going their own way, not wanting anything to do with the other. Yeah, these days it's gotten that bad, which is just very sad. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, romance has always been one of the more joyous aspects to living. Mm-hmm. And um, it is extremely tainted now. Mm-hmm. The, the cynicism is dreadful. I, uh, you know, yeah, I've had both, you know, like on you know, my podcast, you know, went usually after I ended, but people have said, you know, if I would, if I would have known all this, I never would have gotten married. And I've talked to both men and, and women saying, don't get married. Just don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Or, or go, to take it a step further, don't have kids. Just don't do it. That's what they're, everyone is saying to me, you know. Right. Right. And, you know, you take that then globally and how nihilistic that is. That's, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about, yeah, everybody's happy that the population boom has stopped and is reversing in many cultures. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, and I'm not really taking into account that it's it's um, it, it, it's exponential in nature. If if there's only half. The children needed to replace the adults and they grow up and they only produce half the children needed to replace the population. They're already cut to a quarter and then it becomes an eighth and a sixteenth. So if if nothing's done about it, it's it's potentially uh, catastrophic. Um, but also it's already catastrophic from the standpoint that well, if if men and women are not you know, forming partnerships to have romance and children. It's a, it's a profound loss. Mm -hmm. Um, Supposedly in Japan. Oh, I hear that among those under 40 years of age, 25% have never had heterosexual sex. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I just think about, the intersex cold war that that represents and the cost of that in terms of human happiness and yeah so the japanese are scrambling trying to make these realistic dolls uh mostly for men mm-hmm. uh how how sad to mm-hmm. uh <sighs> accept mm-hmm. one of these silicon dolls in place of a, a real woman in your life that's mm-hmm. dreadful I also think there's more personality disorders out there than there ever have been. 
sure. And it's unfortunately more um, scarier to date because you don't know what you're getting and people don't know enough to really interview the person that they are potentially going to marry. Like, do you talk to your mother? Do you talk to your father? Or do you not talk, you know, what, what's the situation there? Um, Dr. Mark Roseman wrote in his book um, with this, you know, child psychological abuse, parental alienation will destroy six generations. So we're into how many generations which have caused personality disorders. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that brutal or neglectful parenting breeds more pathology down the line. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe arguably uh, parenting peaked uh, like in the, in the fifties when we, mm -hmm. when we had extended families, it wasn't just a nuclear family, but, but, you know, grandma lived upstairs and, um, you know, uncle John was and, and aunt, Mary were across the street and, and you know we had unofficial aunts and uncles that were just friends of the family and and so children were parented by a whole bunch of different people and so often the story is told that uh, well you know my mom and dad they had no time for me mm -hmm. um, you know they were always angry or whatever um, I was mostly raised by my my grandmother or my grandfather, and and now mm -hmm. more and more they're not even in the picture. Mm -hmm. and, and you see people at restaurants all the time. Everybody's on their cell phones playing some some game. <laughs> they're not even communicating. It's mm -hmm. like um, these young people don't know how to seriously communicate. All social fabric. What's happening to it? Uh, yeah. It, even texting, all that can be taken out of context. You could be texting something and someone could be taking it wrong. Yeah, it's a very bad form of communication, isn't yeah. it? That, that, that written word, you know, if you don't take a lot of time to craft something very, very clear, yeah, I call it email communication. Yeah, it's very triggering. I've, I've experienced it myself where somebody sends some email and I, it pushes a button in me and I get enraged. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a few days later, I look at the email again and I go, what, what, what was I upset about? Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure as, as you know, like, I don't know, 70, 80% of our communication is non-verbal. It comes through tone of voice and, mm -hmm and gesticulations and yeah. facial expressions and all that you know and if you, with all that taken away it's uh, so easy to misunderstand yeah and it seems people have gotten emotionally unavailable through all these you know devices that we have the phone just yeah. they've got more to entertain them than a friend or i don't know and the intersex cold war is not helping. Mm -mm. Yeah, I just don't know. Um, because when all this this uh, witchcraft and, you know, they were going after people, 
that was just, as we said, out of control. But yeah, I wonder what they else. didn't know any better. That's the thing. Yeah. It really wasn't evil and intent. It was terror. Yeah, it was absolute terror. Mm -hmm. They don't know what was causing these plagues. Uh, who, what, or who might be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, how could they have a, a speck of a clue that it was microorganisms, for God's sake? Uh, mm -hmm. No, no idea. And there was terror around it. And the church acted out mm -hmm. because it was threatened, because it could not do anything about these plagues. It was completely helpless against it. And that eroded credibility for the church. And um, uh, what, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, um, sort of worship of pagan paganism. Mm -hmm. uh, it was growing. It was it was you know threatening the church. Um, and what does an institution do when it's threatened? Well, you know. It, it acts out. It gets uh, to try and save itself. Uh, doesn't excuse it or anything, but it right. does. It does help us to understand what happened. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the church acted out on a lot of things, you know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, there's a, so much history where there was just so much terror, like you said. Yes. Neurosis. Yes. Terror. Life could come to an end at any moment. Mm -hmm. It's just so precarious. You know, you, all you had to do was step on a nail. Uh -huh. Tetanus. They're helpless against it. Maybe they know enough to be able to amputate your leg but without mm -hmm. antiseptics uh it was likely that the wherever they amputated would just get um mm -hmm. infected and so now you still die of the infection only you had your leg sawed off you know as um of course people were crazy and they were also anxiety yeah and superstitious yeah, sure. uh, all sorts of things. Um, as far as you know, the history of also witchcraft, there was a an older lady in the village that you know people were saying, you know, I, it was almost like ageism. Like she's old, but yet she's a midwife and she's delivering babies. But you know, we find her a threat, so she must be a witch. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so so there you are in the, in the middle of one of these plagues and. All night you're hearing the screams of the of the dying, and uh, in the day you're confronted with the stench of the corpses that are too dangerous to even bury. Mm -hmm. And somebody says, uh, "Well, that woman over there up the hill who lives alone there with her cat, mm -hmm. um, she's doing black magic." Well, that seems like as as likely an explanation as any. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's all this speculation that just has, that's all people do is speculate. And they don't care to investigate to get to the real answer. 
bland. Oh, wait, I get to the right answer. Some answer, or, or at least a, a fair answer. Yeah. Well, you know, the irony, they, they were killing all the cats. Mm. And of course, the cats were the only things keeping the rats under control, and the rats mm. were the ones that were spreading the plague. Mm-hmm. They didn't know any better. They had no idea. No, that's true. You know, the real explanation was microorganisms. Well, yeah, sure. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, who's gonna come up with that and and figure that out mm. uh, before Leeuwenhoek uh, invented a microscope to be able to see these things? There was, uh, you know, that that was this magical. Uh, oh, it's 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 organisms you can't even see. They're so small. Well, that, mm -hmm. that that sounds just as superstitious or crazy or a matter of fantasy as anything else. Mm -hmm. so why not why not witchcraft for all I know right well the the occult and black magic alchemy yes yeah there's another one and then you had these discoverers going to Haiti and seeing what was going oh. on over there <laughs> yep so and, voodoo and your, yep. yeah uh-huh do you remember that movie, The Serpent and the Rainbow? No. Oh, my God. That was, I think that came out early 80s, mid 80s. Uh, it's a true story based on a true story of a pharmaceutical company that sent this guy over to Haiti uh -huh. to uh, talk to one of these witch doctors to figure yeah. out how do they put someone into a zombie state. Right. And so it was this puffer fish. Mm -hmm. And you dry it out in some way and it turns, you get powder out of the stupid thing. I, I don't know, but they wanted, what the pharmaceutical company wanted was to be able to use this in anesthetic in the ORs. Mm -hmm. That's why they sent him over there to do all this. But um, Baby Doc was in power at that time. So it got really crazy towards the end. I mean, it was a good movie, I thought, <laughs> you know, but there was a lot of superstition. Sure. Sure. Re-science. I have no idea why things happen. Any mm -hmm. Not just diseases and things, but anything. You know, why why does the thunderstorm happen? What what is it? What caused it? I have no idea. Um yeah. I don't know, some drought. Mm-hmm. Why why, you know, they're they're looking around what what's caused the drought they don't know um, um i mean they don't even understand um well you know like like but what kept keeps the moon up there mm -hmm. it wasn't until isaac newton figured that one out mm -hmm. they're just looking up there and you no know, what, what keeps the moon up there no no clue and then the earth was flat for a while. Yeah, sure, sure. And of course, we were at the center of the universe, naturally, because you could look up at the sky and see that everything's going around us. Mm hmm <laughs> Yeah, it's just very... Uh, the history of, of this whole world is just extremely fascinating. And so many people have suffered under, like, even uh, the Roman rule. Okay. Um they were pretty brutal. 
Oh, you know. um, and yet they were actually quite advanced for their time. Um, mm -hmm. They were usually only brutal to um, countries or factions that resisted them. Uh, and not every faction resisted them. Uh, there's that wonderful scene in uh, Monty Python, of the uh, Life of Brian, where they're going out about what the Romans brought. You know, well, they brought the, you know, what has the Romans ever done for us? You know, yeah. start listing these things. Well, there's the roads, there's the education, there's the medicine, there's the aqueduct. You know? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, so some, some like countries said, uh, yeah, come on and conquer us, give us roads, give us all this, this great stuff. And if they didn't resist, then um, the Romans were enlightened enough uh, to, um, you know, they were they were they were only brutal if they were uh, to those who were resisted them. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but they didn't make it that far up in northern England. They couldn't take the weather; it was just too cold up there. Uh -huh. And then the Vikings kept coming down and pillaging them. Uh huh. And I think the Vikings are the one that ones between them them and the weather got them out and drove the Romans back. Is that right? Yeah, uh -huh. that's what uh -huh. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Romans, yeah. I mean, um, you talk about a lack of compassion. Oh, Everybody yeah. knows about the uh, Colosseum, but until I started studying it, I didn't know that there were these so-called circuses all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, every little region had their, their little arena where the entertainment was largely about torturing people to death mm -hmm. and they'd just be there in the stands and the more hideously uh, the cry of pain the more the audience cheered and applauded uh yeah and then you can imagine they go home and what kind of parents are they going to make yeah yeah right? right so um there was quite a thing about uh, the the romans were losing population they weren't having enough children there were the children were being left out because they'd just be crying and squalling and the parents would just go ah, i can't stand that anymore just to <laughs> take them out to the field and just lay lay them out there under the sun get rid of them oh it's like that you know there was no and they'd swaddle them so tight that um they could sometimes be deformed mm -hmm. or um the sensory deprivation would would put the zap on their little heads mm -hmm. or um but they were crushed so that they would shut up mm -hmm. couldn't um they just couldn't fathom this this little infant making all this noise and um mm. Yeah, that's weird. that is yeah, because when you, you know, you have a, a baby in the hospital, they're teaching you how to swaddle this baby, so it feels like they're being, oh yeah, you know, um, comforted. It's, it's a, yeah. a nice little amount of it. It's, it's great, but, but it's not too much. Elastic bands that are put around <laughs> yeah. the little thing is just crushed. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it's been yeah. a brutal, brutal world between. 
you know, like the witch hunts and they always bring that out around Halloween that they talk about, you know, the Salem witch trials, you know, all the shows that are on the history channel and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Lurid, stupid, false to fact nonsense. So they, you know, make a, a great little TV drama out of it. But uh -huh. They don't try very hard to get at the deep truth of what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been, I don't know. It's one. It's a wonder anyone survived anything between the, oh. you know the the Romans, these Colosseums, torturing people at random, you know Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. And, and they just let these people run rampant with no accountability. Of course, they couldn't conquer them because they had armies. Well, and they were terrified of Vlad the Impaler. I don't want to go up against that guy. You know. Yeah, he he would. Yeah, I mean, right. It would be just acres of of men impaled, and of course, anybody who saw that would be horrified, and you'd run the other way. You don't want to mess with that mm -mm. insane uh, nightmare. Yeah, it's bad. It's that bad. Yeah. Well, well. no, and it's. Yeah. And that, that was life. That was life, yeah. <laughs> in many parts of the world and many times in history, yeah. There's always been some good places to live in the world. But um, I suppose they were not the norm, unfortunately. Mm -mm. I think in that era, those eras, you'd have to be born into wealth to, yeah. to be pleasant. Yeah. Because if you were poor, oh. The nightmare. Yeah. The deprivation, the starvation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the depth of fear all the time. All the time. No but wonder people acted out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how lucky we are and what, you know, we have, we've got running water in our homes. Some people do, some people are still in, in poverty, living in tents. But I've, you know, there's less poverty, though, now. It's a matter of degree. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of percentages. The The extreme poverty has been reduced steadily over the last, mm -hmm. you know, some decades. Um, rate of starvation has decreased markedly. Uh, the rate of infant mortality. You know, we've done, you know, one of the, things that would fault the extreme liberalism is that you know according to that to that ideology uh we humans are but a pestilence upon this beautiful earth and we're and and uh all they can see is the uh humans as uh, in the worst light mm -hmm. but you know we've made a lot of progress and and yeah, how about it? You go over to the wall and you flick the switch. Yeah. Light comes on and it comes on every time. Absolutely guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And and there's heat and there's flowing hot and cold water. Mm -hmm. These things are miraculous and we don't appreciate them. No. We don't. Until there's, you know, a power line down and you've got no power for three days yeah. in the winter. Right, 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 and then and then people are in a in a panic, you know, because the electricity's 
Mm-hmm. Electricity is off for 12 hours. Right. You know, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. No. So, I mean, we, we have come a long way and, you know, um, but still going back to the witch hunts, this is still going going on to some degree. Yes, in a, in a lesser form, but yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different witch hunts that we've experienced in recent history. Moral panics would be another name for them. Mm-hmm. There was the 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 demonic cult moral panic that went through, I don't know, when was that, late 80s or early mm-hmm. 90s, where all these daycare centers were being accused of Oh, ritualistic, yeah. you know, um, torture and killing of children and all that insanity. And there was the the retrieved memories mm-hmm. catastrophe. That was horrendous. So then they were getting these children, and I was like, do you remember hands on you? Or mm-hmm. Yes, I remember that. You know, it's like, so they built, they pull these phony member, memories out of the kids. And under the assumption that the kids don't lie. Well, mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, fly like crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. How did that vase got break got broken there, little Johnny? Oh, well, the the dog did that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that fly like crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but there was a book that came out. I think I don't know if it was nineteen eighty. It came out. It was called Michelle Remembers. Did you ever hear of that one? Uh, not that one specifically. No, is that a retrieved memories? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right until they finally proved that you could plant these memories, these false memories. That it was easy to do. Mm-hmm. That you could just make something up and get get a little kid to start saying that that was what happened. Right, right, and this is also still going on when they want to get a parent into trouble. Uh-huh. Ugh, just, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> it well, puts you on a hyper vigilance mode. You're just yeah. I'm going to claim that there's a, a witch hunt about uh, toward men who uh, complain, men who uh, call themselves men's rights activists. Uh, many of whom. They're just men who complain, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're being targeted like anything that is hate speech. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, there's a, a witch hunt toward anyone who doesn't go with the, the woke agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor uh, J.K. Rowling. You know, mm-hmm. the most innocent statements you know um can be turned into this uh anti-woke uh, accusation yeah yeah somebody gets canceled yeah james demore uh, uh worked for google he's a uh, software engineer and he was uh was actually concerned that the cultural environment was not conducive to women. And 
you know, he argued that, that women were different. And if you really want to be inviting to women, you, you need to accommodate because they're, they're feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was fired. You know, that was, you, you couldn't say that women were different, that men and women were different. Um, so that's a witch hunt, getting rid of anyone who, um, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't go along with the, the dominant ideology. Right. Or the false narrative or whatever they're talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just I just think people have to just calm down, you know, and and not be so harsh on each other. Some yeah, of- it's like the crusades. It's like it's like God is on our side. It's like Absolute certainty. Mm-hmm. It's like um, if if little Mary says she thinks she's a boy, mm-hmm. then she needs gender affirming care so that she can affirm her uh, gender identity. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to look at maybe that that Mary's uh, two best friends are. Or deciding they're going to be trans, so now she wants to be trans too, just because her friends are trans. We're not going to look at that. We're not going to look at anything like that. Uh, there's a thing called um, autogynephilia. Hmm. Uh, it's a fetish. Hmm. It's, it's a certain uh, number of men that get off on the idea of being women the, the, the fantasy of being a woman is deeply erotic to them and mm. um someone will take it as far as then to, to want to get um surgery to become women and is it really ethical to indulge someone's fetish to that degree you know Mm-mm. Deep, deep questions that we're not asking because we're not allowed to ask those questions. Um, yeah. Hmm. And we should be more verbal. And this goes back to being more verbal because we're on these cell phones all the time. <laughs> you know, or we're on the computer all the time. In a, people are playing games on the computer or their phone. No one's being verbal. Communication skills have gone down the toilet. I'm guilty of being on the computer a lot, but not the phone. I get people get angry with me because I don't necessarily get their email or their text mm. or their voicemail or there's uh, what else is it a Facebook message or oh my god, yeah, I, I can't I can't f- keep up with all that. I can't. I can't either. That's why I'm mostly on my phone working. I'm not playing games. I'll admit (laughs) all I have is a crossword puzzle that I do when I can have, when I have time. Uh Uh, My husband's saying, all you do is play on your phone. It's like, no, I'm putting a podcast together sometime on a phone or I'm changing something in the podcast notes or, you know, I'm not, do you think I want to stare at that thing all night? You know? 
Yeah, it's just... what to do, what to do. Well, yeah, I mean the the solution I come up with, yeah, is is this whole gender equalism. I do feel that there's a terrible level of anxiety around gender equality. Mm-hmm. We must have gender equality. And unfortunately for most, that means what I call unisex equality. That mm-hmm. is an exact sameness of equality. And to have that requires a certain measure of obliterating gender altogether. Mm-hmm. And um, I would try and shift the the debate over to what I'll call balanced equality, mm-hmm. where men and women will each have some measure of privileges that they would enjoy and the liabilities that go with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, can't the sexes be a bit generous with each other mm-hmm. and allow each sex to have their their privileges, knowing mm-hmm. that each sex pays a price for those privileges. You don't get something for nothing in this world. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if women will, will take a kind of societal ownership of beauty, well, then they're going to have the, the burden that goes with it. Um, you know, they're going to be objects of beauty to some extent. And if men will own toughness, strength, and courage, well, then men will have to prove it. And, and, and that's going to cost them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to cost them in hard hazardous labor and imprisonment and the battlefields. And, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, uh, yeah, there's, a. Uh, it's the duality of all things. Mm-hmm. It's just naive to think that you can have something for nothing. Mm-hmm. If women will be extra protected, then women will suffer the condescension that goes with it. If women will uh, receive extra charity, then women will suffer the extra dependence that goes with that. If um, if men will uh, have economic power, if they will be the the one with the big paycheck, uh, then the cost will be devoting their lives to earning money. Others will spend men and die younger in the process. You don't get something for us. And... Um, you know, in our culture, in Eastern cultures, this is just duality 101. Mm-hmm. But in our culture, it comes out in the form of like, um, well, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then there's no such thing as a positive without an accompanying negative. And uh, if if every dark cloud comes with a silver lining, then every negative comes with a positive attached. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the duality of all things. And one of the many fails of feminism is that it only sees the positives for men, not the negatives. 
only sees the negatives for women, not the positives. Um, and it tells women that they can have it all, which is like saying you can have a free lunch. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you can't. If you're going to have a high power career, it's going to cost you in terms of uh, parental primacy. It's mm -hmm. going to cost you in terms of the uh, how how well you can perform uh, the motherhood role. If if you if you have parental primacy, it's going to cost you in terms of the, the time and energy that you have left over to climb corporate ladders. It's duality to things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just can't have it all. No. If and you do, you try. They just they exhaust themselves. It's, mm -hmm. it's trying to do both. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I had you back on. This was fascinating. Well, thanks. Yeah. I probably uh, should have stretched the, the witch. I, mean, I probably rifled through that too quickly. I, I really could have spent more time going into more depth about that. But uh, Oh, we can. We'll just do another podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, how can people reach you? And I'll put it in the podcast notes. But um, people can reach you at... Um, ta goldich at hotmail.com and you're, right. you can also be found on facebook we are gender equalists and linkedin as well yes yes on a rare occasion that i check my linkedin uh, oh. one of the millions of social media i necessarily uh, get to uh but yes i do have a i spent a lot of money on a great uh linkedin page and oh, once hey. in a while i check it <laughs> Um, but Nothing yeah, no, no, just send me a, send me an email, T-A-G-O-L-D-I-C-H at hotmail.com and be sure and put something in the subject, like, you know, slam the gavel. Mm -hmm. So I will know what it's about and I will be very happy to, uh, talk to anyone who would like to discuss any of these issues in more depth. Mm hmm and we'll have another podcast and we're going to go in more depth Great. these uh witch hunts um that are so i always thought very scary but scary uh, and fascinating and morbid and yeah horrible yeah. one yeah definitely <laughs> but hey uh don't jump off uh slam the gavels a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms i'm your host marianne petri author of dismantling family court corruption why taking the kids was not enough and cry out for justice poems well, truth. i want to thank and you so much for the work that you do on behalf of others two months and raised by these you're wolves. just fantastic again um, here with Tim and Goldich the way you have and just other exciting risen like a thank phoenix you so much, bird above the ashes thank you marianne it's great you do it's just phenomenal thank you. and i'm glad we have you on the planet Oh, we need more you. of you. Thank you. I told you, you make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, don't jump off. <laughs> Slam the gallows, the podcast, to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. And the third book, Raised by These Wolves, will be coming out in a couple months. And join us again here with Jocelyn Wolf and other exciting guests in the future. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. Thank you. <laughs>
Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks.